So I have in the room the entire night team, the day shift arriving, the anesthesiologist coming in through the room and saying, hello, I'm here to do the epidural. And then I said, oh, I'm peeing myself. And then actually I, my water broke at that time. Welcome to My Happy Place, the Positive Birth Story podcast. I'm Swedish midwife Åsa Holstein, a healthcare entrepreneur and a very proud mother to three nowadays pretty big kids. I am absolutely passionate in trying to help you to claim a positive and empowering birth experience because I know that how we give birth matters a great deal. With the stories in the podcast, I hope to give you a smorgasbord of voices from women with one thing in common. A positive experience from going through the process of bringing a new human being into this world. In this episode, we will hear Laura talk about what it was like when she gave birth to Juliet. She will also talk about being a black woman giving birth in what she anticipated to be an all-white setting, and how it turned out to be quite the opposite. This is a podcast with women for women. Laura, welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast. Hello, Rosa. Thank you for having me. It's a very special day today for you. Yes, uh, today, Juliet. Uh, Juliet is turning one. So I've been a mom for one year now. So it's really exciting. I'm extra honored to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. For as it is me. Juliet's birthday. You and I actually met during your pregnancy took a couple of the birth preparing classes that I teach here in Stockholm. Yes, we took many of them. I think we took all of them. Uh, I have uh, the chance to have a, a husband that was really involved and interested uh, in being part of the preparation. So, And he was really keen on taking many classes. So I think we took the birth preparation class, we took the breastfeeding class, we took the first aid class and we took the baby care class so uh yeah and most uh, some of them were with you so uh yes and then after you had had juliet you sent me an email and that's why you're here yes yeah, so for me i felt like you've been uh, such a big part of our preparation and of us being feeling comfortable and ready and equipped to welcoming her So I felt like yeah, it felt really natural to write to you and to tell you that everything went fine. Thank you so much. And it's been both thanks to the, the courses that we took together, but also with this podcast that I've been listening a lot when I was uh, pregnant. Because that is so cool. I think you might be one of the first guests that have actually listened to the podcast during your pregnancy. Yeah, really. Yeah. I've listened to, I think, all episodes and I was so much looking forward to more of them. Uh, so for me, it's a great honor to to be here today and to share my story. I remember when I was listening to to all of those uh, episodes of the podcast, I was thinking, what will be my story? What's, how is it going to be? You know, uh, uh, Not thinking that I would be part of the podcast, but which story will I tell my friends and Juliet? And um, yes, and I was so grateful to be able to hear all those stories from Uh, from mom going through uh, pregnancy and delivery. And and uh, I realized how vulnerable it feels to actually be now on this side of the mic. So, But I'm very happy to do it. You're brave. Mm -hmm. 
And it's so great because now your story, you have your own story, and now your story will have eternal life and help other women in their preparation for birth. Gives me goosebumps. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you told me before we started to record that after you had listened to the podcast, you started to collect stories from your friends. Yeah, I think... Uh, Yeah, listening to the podcast and also having listened to all of it and feeling a bit like craving for more. Um, yeah, I started to ask all my friends, okay, tell me, so how was it for you? And I realized uh, that I've never done it before. I never asked them in detail what what it has been for them to to give birth. And it feels weird actually to say that, that or to realize that, that I never asked them before, uh, that Maybe when they had their child, I asked, oh, how did it go? Do you feel okay? But never asked them. Never, I think I was never curious enough about the the, the actual process of giving birth. Uh, but while being pregnant, for me, it became obvious that I needed to know everything about my how it went for my friends. And it was so exciting to to listen to all of that. And I realized, oh, wow, they've been through all that and I didn't know um so yeah it was great and also I realized how they loved to share about their story mm. Mm. and you told me also that you asked your mom <laughs> yes yeah and yeah I asked my mom as well uh yeah why not uh, but yes I was curious about um about how it went for her as well and it was a bit frustrating though because I felt like she didn't remember enough or she just didn't really remember all the details so um Uh, I asked, I get a bit of information, but it feels like uh, she never really verbalized it so much before. So I guess when you don't talk about it, then the memory fades. That's why it's so nice today to be able to talk about it. And uh, I've been doing it a lot throughout the year, uh, the past year, telling my my story to my friends, to um, yeah, to my to my friends. And it's really uh, nice now to record it. Cool. So since you're here on the podcast, you have a positive experience from giving birth. Yeah, I'd say that, yes. And uh, it's interesting because it's not um, the birth I thought it would be. Uh, of course, I would have never thought, I could have never known how it would be. But of course, I had some, I would say, wishes or uh, hopes. And it became, I would say, totally different from what I, I was uh, wishing for. Um, if one can wish for something in particular. But I love Juliet's birth. I love how it went. I love that it's our story and it's um, the way she came to me. So before we dive into your birth story, uh, I would like to know a little bit more um, what you're like as a person. How would you describe yourself as a person? Um, so as, as a person, uh, I think I'm someone who likes to have a bit of control over things. I like to plan and making sure things happen accordingly to that. It's my job, actually, that I think became a bit more part of me. I'm a project manager, so it's a bit what I do. But at the same time, I think I'm someone that is very I'm easygoing. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, uh, I would say I'm positive in general. So uh, that's, I think, how uh, my friend can, uh, would describe me. So did this, um, the way you describe yourself, did it reflect how you approached your birth preparation, you think? Yeah, I think, um, I think it did because I felt, uh, of course, curious about, uh, about, about birth, about uh, how it goes, about uh, stories around it. And, uh, but at the same time, for me, I really thought 
that giving birth was the greatest opportunity to get a bit away from uh, from my wish to always plan and have control over things. So, so it was a great opportunity to let go. And I was so I'm so curious about what what the power that is inside my body and um, what um, what happens if I let go if and if I. Uh, stop letting my brain wanted to take over everything. So um, I think it was for me uh, a great opportunity to go away from this part of me that wants to control and to open up to this part of me that is curious, that is um, connected to uh, my body and to give it a greater place. Mm. And what tools helped you do that? Mm. Because it can be quite a challenge yeah. if you're a person that likes to have control. Because being pregnant is a part in our lives where we have little control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think um, what was important for, for me first was to understand, to have a big picture of, okay, what's happening in my body and what is going to happen during the, uh, the delivery. So, uh, But then from that, I wanted to listen to many different ways it could it could go. That's why listening to stories, uh, to podcasts, uh, and um, to my friends was very, very important. Uh, but then I think what helped me the most is to see how well my body was going through the pregnancy. And I felt, I feel good. My body, uh, my body carries me and that baby wonderfully. I've been feeling amazingly during my entire pregnancy. I loved being pregnant. And so it just created a a big trust in my body, in uh, the nature of things. And in uh, it was the best, best tool I had with me going um, towards the delivery, uh, toward the birth of my, my daughter. It was to trust my body. Uh, and I mean, I've been uh, doing a lot of sport when I was younger. Uh, so I know, I mean, I trust my body in that sense. I, I, I know I, it can endure some things, um, but it proved me even more that I could trust it uh, during the pregnancy. So I was, I was very, feeling very, very comfortable and uh, at peace uh, the closest the, the birth was coming. Bring us back to the day when your labor started. Okay, it's actually quite fun because since today is Juliet's birthday, I, I can try to imagine, okay, what was I doing exactly one year ago? But then it's a bit one year and one day ago. Uh, she, uh, it all started, I think in the days before, I think I had, uh, uh, I had trouble sleeping maybe three nights before I could feel something was happening in my, in my belly. Uh, mm. I don't know how you call it pre-labor or something like that. So I could feel I was not that comfortable at night. And, uh, so I was awake most of the nights, the nights before and, um, two days before the due date, uh, in the morning at 8 a.m. I was having my breakfast and suddenly I felt something that was a bit different. I was like, oh, and I was sitting having my breakfast and I felt like the need, oh, I need to stand. It hurts in a way that I need to stand. So I stood up and I'm like, oh, it might be something. Uh, so I just wrote a message to, to my, my best friend and to my mom and said, okay, I don't know. I think I feel something, but uh, just... Yeah, might just be, uh, I don't know, but uh, something might may be happening. Uh, so first contraction that forced me to stand up. And then it actually became quite, I mean, they came 
they came uh, every 10, 15 minutes at that time. Um, mm, from the start? Yeah, from mm. the start. I was feeling some contraction every 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so I've been, I went through the morning like that, um, having to stop sometimes and to stand up, hold on to, to a table for a few seconds and or, or yeah, this, uh, 20 seconds or so, and, and then continuing with my with my morning. Uh, I think uh, we we baked a cake or <laughs> we did something like that, trying to, to not think too much about it. But, of course, I had the uh, excitement coming in, uh, kicking in and feeling, oh, maybe it's, it's happening. Um, so and, and how, sorry to interrupt you, but how did your partner react to it starting? So I didn't tell him exactly at the beginning because um, I let him sleep a little bit longer that morning uh, but then when he woke up I said yeah I think there's something and he's very cautious just like me feeling like it might not be that but it might it may be it as well so I think he he, he keep, kept his cool and uh, went through the morning with me he was working remotely so I think he he kind of stayed a bit connected a bit more on his computer but I don't think he did any work he was <laughs> he was mostly thinking about what was happening in my belly um, and then yeah I think it became a bit more intense so we tried to oh I danced a little bit let's put put on some music try to relax I, so I really tried to focus on relaxing and enjoying this part of the process where I felt like it's not hurting so much it's uh, it's very much um, manageable pain, but I was more in the excitement than in the pain at that moment. So dancing a little bit, baking a apple crumble and doing this kind of things. And also we did uh, uh, something that a friend uh, recommended is to regroup a little bit with my husband and to look at each other and talk to the belly and say, okay, if it's your time, we're ready. We wait for you. Uh, we're waiting for you. And we're excited to meet you. And so to have this little moment to to be together and to, yeah, to say oh, that. Oh, that's beautiful. It makes me cry almost. Yeah, it made ah, me cry. I, I had forgotten about ah, it. But I yes. heard about that. Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was actually an, a nice moment. And um, yeah, and then I think, then I tried, I think I was a, very excited. So um I tried different ways of managing the pain. We tried um, the electricity thing. How did it The tens or yeah, TNS. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we tried the tens. So I had a heat bag <laughs> uh, and uh, the, uh, the tens. Uh, yeah. So I had all that and um, that helped me go through the morning. And then at some point, I think around lunch. Uh, so I think we made sure that we ate some food. They started to be more physical. So really at every contraction, I had really to hold on to a table and Steve had to be in my back and uh, pushing a bit uh, in my lower back and it was helping. And then he kind of built uh, a, a kind of a mountain of pillow on the bed so I could be basically on, on my fours but with my arms resting on something and it felt quite quite good to be mm. in that position as well to relax and go through the contractions. Um, and uh, and then I think in the afternoon, I took a bath. <laughs> and that felt very nice. I knew that the water would be something that, um, I would, that would help me. I, I love taking uh, long, 
hot showers. Yeah, but so then at that time, at the time of the bath, I had reached the point where I had uh, one contraction every three, four minutes, actually. So, um, so then we decided to call uh, Bia Bia. And it was not that I could not handle the, the pain uh, on my own anymore. Uh, but I just wanted to make sure there was space actually going at uh, uh, baby sus. So Steve called. And at that time, I think I could say, just to illustrate how okay I felt, is that he asked me my personal number. Um, so And I could still say it, all the numbers, without no problem. So I guess I was still very much present and not in too, too much pain. So we called baby and there was space. So uh, we were very happy to know that there there was no problem. And they told us, Okay, there is no worries. There's a lot of space at the moment. So just call us back when you feel like it's time to come. Uh, it was maybe uh, 6.30 p.m. or 7 p.m. Uh, and um, I felt, okay, I can still wait a little bit. So we decided to, to stay home a bit more uh, and to have a bit of dinner, uh, get some energy before we went. And, uh, in France, did you drink any wine? <laughs> no, no, no wine, actually. No wine. Um, I saved that for later. Uh, but uh, no, no wine. Just uh, a lot of pasta to make sure I had uh, some energy to go through through the night. And um, so Steve called the um, baby a bit later at a point where, okay, now, if I don't, uh, if we don't go now, I will not be able to stay, to sit in a cab. I will not be able to sit in a taxi. So we need to go now. So he called the taxi, uh, called Bebe, saying that we would arrive. And um, yes, and then took my suitcase. I put on some clothes uh, and um, and we went. That was interesting because in the elevator, actually, we met, we met some neighbors. Oh. So we just <laughs> went down the elevators. And when we were about to get out, they were about to get come into the elevator. And I had a big contraction at that moment. I was like, not being able to talk and we're like oh the baby's coming the baby's coming it's like yes um so just to save some time we just closed the door of the elevator went up again and went down again during the time of the contraction uh so then i could get out of uh the elevator and then we took a cab and we were very lucky because we had a cab driver that were that was very nice and understandable and um because steve first went down with the, the suitcase and then came and picked me up and the taxi driver was like, oh, don't worry, I'm very used to that. I'm very used to, to drive people to give birth and, oh, it's exciting. And But I actually wonder if he was actually used to that because otherwise he would have understood that we did, I didn't want to talk and because he was very, very talkative and I was struggling at the back of the car. I was on my four... Uh, um, uh, holding to the to the seat, and he was like, "So is it the first child? And what's the gender? Do you, do you think about a name?" And and I was like, and so he, was, I could hear him and my husband, who in his my husband broken Swedish and uh, trying to talk, and and I was just wanted to tell him, "Can you just uh, stop talking?" <laughs> and uh, yes, but I know that my husband felt it very nice. It was for him. It was quite nice to have someone to talk to and to. Um, to be also excited for us. But for me, I felt it unbearable. Uh, but luckily, we live very close to the uh, maternity ward. So it was just a five-minute drive. Uh, so. I remember that because we talked about you maybe walking there. <laughs> yes, uh, I know. I don't know what I was thinking about. But uh, you told me it could be possible. So I was thinking, yeah, 
maybe I had in mind that I, we could walk to the, to the maternity ward, but actually we walked back. So this is... Mm, uh, you did uh, walk back yeah, with the stroller. The yes. Yeah, so, oh. <laughs> But on the way there, I was very happy to be uh, in a cab. I mean, to, to have a ride. Uh, just not as talkative. Uh, and then we arrived there. Yeah, so they welcomed us and uh, we entered the room, but I was not sure it would be the room. I had never been to this place. So I didn't know what to expect. Um, and when they told me, okay, let's go into this room. We're just going to have a look at you. I didn't understand that it would be the room where I would be spending the next uh, 36 hours, no, 24 hours, <laughs> and where I would actually give birth. For me, it was just a, a room, a bit... A bit boring in some way, but with a with a kind of a medical bed and a, and a bathroom and yeah. So she asked me to to lay down to do an examination, and um, I remember it was actually at that point really not nice to lay down. I just wanted to stand up. Laying down was actually quite painful, uh, but she wanted to examine me, so so she did. Just to remember, I had been in. I mean, as I thought, in labor since. 8 a.m. and this was maybe 8 p.m. So it's been 12 hours of, yeah, of actually being in some in some kind of pain. Uh, at the examination, she told me I was just dilated one centimeter. So I was very disappointed. You can imagine because I really felt like I have been in pain for a very long time, and it really felt like my contractions were very strong. And I know that every individual had different reaction to to pain. I thought I would be quite good at handling pain, uh, but and of course maybe it doesn't say anything about that. Maybe it's simply that actually they, they told me that yeah you had very strong contraction, but they were not very efficient. So, uh, but anyway, uh, she told me you're open one centimeter, so you will have to go. You might have to go home now. And I was like, no, I felt very desperate. I was, I could feel like the world, you know, crumbling under my feet. Um, uh, under my feet and I felt like no no I, I can't go home now I, I've been going through so much and um, but she told me she was very nice and she told me she told me two things uh, the first one is uh, okay uh, I'm finishing my shift right now it's eight and I think at eight, uh, it's 8 30 and at nine the new shift is starting so if you want uh, just stay until the next shift and my colleagues will examine you in uh, in one hour when they start uh, and then we'll see where you are. Uh, in the meantime, I will give you just a painkiller. So uh, she gave me a little pill. Uh, and then the second thing is that she told me is, uh, I can see in your letter, in your birth plan, that you wish to not have an epidural. Uh, and I want to make sure that you, I mean, I want to tell you that sometimes uh, it, it might, you might need it, and so uh, I would suggest that you don't don't close this opportunity if you feel like at one point you need it. And of course, I had this mind mindset from the start. I wanted to have a my wish was to have a, the most natural birth as possible. Uh, this is what I wrote in my in my birth plan. Uh, uh, just because I'm curious, I wanted to see. I felt like I wanted to experience the experience to its fullest, and I felt like if, if I had an epidural, I wouldn't know exactly how it feels and I've and um I really yeah I was very curious about that so uh but she told me don't close the, that door keep in mind that you can always change your mind and then then she left uh and um and then her colleagues came 
uh, at nine o'clock or a bit after nine and um, and did an examination again and just within like those 30 30 or 60 minutes I was open now I dilated to three centimeters so I was about allowed to stay and uh, it made me very very happy uh, and I get to know actually that what she gave me was morphine so yeah so I'm like okay maybe I just <laughs> needed to relax a bit <laughs> um, yes I was uh, uh, so I could stay and to my greatest surprise, it was which I found very cool, um, was that uh, the team that entered the room was the made me very happy because it was very multicultural, and I felt like I could really um, identify myself to the team that was around me, and was something that was. Uh, I had been thinking about it before giving birth, like, okay. Oh yeah, you told me. You told me before we started to record that this has this had been a concern of yours that uh, you would only be helped by like native white Swedish women and it would be hard for you to relax yeah, in a way that you felt that you needed to be able to relax. Exactly. I I think it's, um, you know, uh, last year, 2020 was uh, kind of big uh, about uh, for the, for the black people movement and a lot of uh, black voices was raised to talk about some structural inequalities and racism in, uh, our societies and included in including in Sweden and uh, and especially and I mean not especially but in particular in the healthcare system how um, sometimes black women can, might not have um, might not receive the care that they should or in the way they should and uh, and it's not that I really feared that I would would be the victim of any uh, racism but all those discussions made me aware of what it meant for me to be a black woman and uh, what it meant for me to bring to life a mini black woman. And one thought that I have is how it affect my behavior in a daily life to be a black woman where in a society where, where uh, norm is mostly uh, uh, white. And I know that for me, it just emphasized a lot my need to be the good girl, to not make waves, to maybe make people comfortable around me, to not to make sure that I, I make them identify to me. Uh, so um, I knew that if I had been in a room with three elderly white women, I might, it might have uh, put me into a situation where I wanted to be the good girl. The, and it's not what you want to be when you give birth. Uh, and I felt like I need to be surrounded by women I identify with. And it was, of course, it's not like you can wish for or you can ask for, uh, although... Uh, yeah, you cannot ask about that, but um, I don't know. It felt like they were sent by such my a good star of mine. Uh, I the the team that entered the room was um, one elderly white Swedish woman uh, who was uh, amazing, and she was the the main midwife. But then she had um, uh, a student midwife that was. A black woman from, I think, West Africa, uh, um, Anglophone West Africa, and a woman from North Africa speaking French <gasps> and being French. I mean, uh, having a French as my mother, <laughs> mother tongue. Yes, it was a dream team. And I was like, how, why? Well, how is that possible? So it made me, made me so happy and so comfortable. And I felt so empowered. So it was those two good news at the same time. You can stay and here is this amazing team. And it's quite fun because then 
it was also, I will not mention the names, but being multicultural, they all had also very uh, a variation of names. Uh, and, you know, they write their names on the door too, so you know what the, the team that is here and you, you can call them by their, their names. And we sent a picture of that to our family to say, oh, we've checked in at the maternity board, now we're here. And our family thought that there were, there were ideas of names that we have for the child. Uh, so it was a very weird mix of names, like a very <laughs> Swedish, Swedish name from, uh, from the 60s and <laughs> like an African name from uh, West Africa and one from North Africa. So it was a very fun mix of names. So my, our family were a bit confused, like, oh, interesting names. Uh, but it was not. It was just our team. Want to hang out with me in real life? I am now offering online one-to-one coaching sessions where we together find what you need to feel safe and secure about your upcoming birth. Or we can start the healing process of a previous birth that wasn't what you had hoped for, whatever your needs are. To read more about what I offer, go to the thepositivebirthstorypodcast.com. So I get to stay and I was surrounded by an amazing team. And the first thing that they offered me was to take a bath. Uh, and I, yeah, I really wanted to take a bath at home. I, when I was at home, I took a bath and it felt so nice and I wanted to continue that. Uh, so it's the first thing I did. And uh, so we ran a bath, put some candles, fake candles around the bath. And I had a wonderful playlist. Uh, and my, one of my best friends sent me many songs that uh, I loved um, to have on this playlist. It was great. Uh, and uh, I could stay. Yeah, so I was in the bath, I think, quite long. And I really, really liked it. It really helped me go through the contractions. So it's weird because it feels like time takes a total other dimension. Uh, I realized that it's, I don't know, I don't know what happened with, from 8 p.m. when we checked in to 7 a.m. Uh, where the next step happened, I will tell you. But um, yeah, just being in the bath, out of the bath for examination and in the bath again. Uh, and I had secretly uh, in mind a, a wish to give birth in the water. They said you, you could do it uh, if the person that is assisting you has this experience. Um, so I had secretly that in mind. But unfortunately, what happened is af- after some time, they told me that the baby, the baby's heartbeat was not looking good uh, because of being too much in the warm water. So they recommended that I actually put colder water or get out of the bath. So I had to get out of the bath. Um, so just to explain from the midwife point of view, what happens with the baby's heartbeat if you're in warm water for a long time is that you as a woman, you start to have a faster heartbeat because of the warmth in the water. And that affects the baby. The baby will also have a faster heartbeat. Mm. So usually we recommend to take a bath if you want to take a bath for a long period of time in like uh, finger warm or body temperature water mm. to not raise your heartbeat and not raise the heartbeat of the baby. Okay, I understand. Uh, so then I continued uh, on land <laughs> uh, in, in uh, <laughs> Uh, with the laughing gas, that was very good was that we had this monitor showing when the contraction is coming. Uh, you were having a CTG registration then on exactly to check Juliet's heartbeat. Yes. And here at that time, we had an amazing teamwork, uh, uh, Steve and I. 
where he was telling me, okay, contraction coming up. And then I could start inhaling the gas at the right time before the contraction started really to, to feel. And it was going quite well. So they said, okay, we'll leave you like that. The two of you are doing an amazing job. We're going out. We come back very soon. And I think at that point it was maybe 7 a.m. I remember 7 a.m., 7 centimeters uh, okay. <laughs> dilated. <laughs> Double seven. <laughs> exactly. Um, and at that point, uh, I think it could have been maybe the gas coming to my head or I don't know, but I felt suffocating at some point. And I started to feel the pain very much, like, you know, the pain going down in my bones. And I felt like I, I felt alone, so not alone because Steve was here and I, uh, we were an amazing team. But suddenly I felt that I lost uh, the support from the, the from the midwife and, um, and nurse nurses. Um, so I lost my confidence, basically, and I panicked a little bit. I felt the pain growing stronger, and I felt like I, I lost a bit control there um, and, and lost my calm. And I, I puked, I think, uh, with the pain made me puke everywhere. And I think there, Steve was very scared and uh, started to call the team to come back and uh, to, to help. Um, and at that point, it has been since 8 p.m. that I was uh, here at the maternity ward, and since... And 24 hours I've been in pre-labor labor. So I was exhausted. And now I felt like I could not really handle the pain anymore. And at that point I said, I want an epidural. <laughs> the classic sentence. Um, and it was fun. Okay, it's a moment that is quite um, quite nice because, no, not nice, it's interesting. Is I remember, I didn't know exactly how dilated as well I was anymore because I knew last one, the last was seven centimeter. Uh, but when I said I want an epidural, I don't know where, how dilated I am. And the midwife come back, come, she comes back in the room and uh, she tells, she tells me, okay, uh, the nurse told me you want an epidural. And I say, yeah, I, I want an epidural. So she comes back uh, with the anesthesiologist. And uh, at the same time, the new team comes in uh, also. So I have in the room the entire night team, the day shift arriving, the anesthesiologist coming in through the room and saying, hello, I'm here to do the epidural. And then I said, oh, I'm peeing myself. And then actually I my water broke at that time. So that's what happened. Now I remember. Um, so the water broke exactly when everybody was in the room uh, and um, and uh, I felt a bit overwhelmed and I thought it was that. I said, no, it's just your water uh, breaking because my water didn't break before. Uh, and uh, so I'm in pain and I have to say goodbye to the night the night shift. And I was I loved my team. You know, it was my amazing team that was uh, that was here um, the entire night with me. And I'm so sad. I'm crying. Uh, a bit too much, I think. Uh, and the, I think the laughing gas as well. And I'm saying, no, I don't want you to go. I want you to have my baby with you. I don't want them. No, I didn't say I don't want them, but it must have been, must have felt a bit bad for the new team arriving in the room and me 
telling the night shift that I didn't want them to leave. No, everyone is so used to that, I think. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I felt so bad, actually. Especially afterwards. if it happens at such a vulnerable point, like yeah. seven centimeters, we are vulnerable. We have been working for many hours usually, especially if it is the first child. Yeah. We're so tired. Yes. And that's usually when women need to or want to have the epidural, even though they have thought that maybe no, I would no. try without. But yeah, it's very intense. You go into a transition Super mm. intense. Yeah. Yeah. So saying goodbye to my favorite team uh, and uh, and then welcoming a new team. that I was not prepared to welcome them, but uh, they arrive and I get my epidural. And I think it was a very scary moment for Steve because uh, the doctor said, okay, now you need to hold her so she should not move at all. And Steve had seen me like the previous contraction, how painful it was. And I was um, in what state I was. So it was like, okay, how am I going to hold her? Um, make sure that she doesn't move. So it was very scary for him, he told me. Uh, and I get the um, epidural, and it was really not as bad as I thought. To I mean, seriously, it was very fine. I don't remember anything from, from that. Um, and then from, I think, 8.30 a.m., I was, um, I was uh, not feeling anything anymore, and it was very, I mean, it was incredible. I was like, What? Is it possible to not feel really anything like that? So it felt very comfortable uh, to be able just to rest because we have we hadn't been sleeping for such a long time, and especially I told you even the nights before the birth, I uh, before the labor, I didn't sleep very well. So I really needed this little break and to be able to sleep. So I rested a little bit. Uh, so I think both Steve and I slept. Uh, We slept for maybe an hour or so. Um, and then I think the entire day that followed felt like nothing much happened. And I think it's maybe the effect of the epidural uh, that everything slowed down. So I think it was at seven, eight centimeter dilated almost the whole day. Uh, I was moving around, doing some moves, and um, but also enjoying to not feel the pain for some time. So we brushed our teeth, uh, had some pancakes and um, just... Just enjoyed that that moment and gave some news to our families that have been waiting for news since um, the night before. So, um, yeah, that is sometimes the backside with epidural. It's so efficient that you don't feel anything, but it also takes away the intensity of the contractions, yeah. not making the process move forward. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that is also what is needed to be able to cope. Yeah. To get that little break and then you. It's okay that it is prolonged. Yeah, yeah, and it and it was prolonged uh, because um, it was prolonged. And also, what happened is that so I had the epidural, so I had this um, the drip, the drip mm -hmm. following me or <laughs> uh, following me the whole day. But also, I because it was slowed down, then I had to have oxytocin uh, drops as well. Mm -hmm. So I had another drop. And then because of the epidural, I was not able to, to pee properly myself. So I had to have a how do, would you catheter. That's also one of the side effects of the epidural, especially if it is super efficient, that it takes away the ability to pee yeah. and so empty the bladder. So then the midwife will have to insert a catheter into the urethra and then empty the bladder and then withdraw the catheter again. Exactly. And do that maybe a couple of times. Yes. Mm. So, so I had that. But I mean, I didn't feel... So. All those things, you don't 
feel so much. You don't feel almost, uh, you don't mind all the things because, uh, yeah. The I mean, benefit from not having pain is greater. Exactly, yeah. it's greater. Yeah. So I had that. And also, I think at some point they had trouble to hear the baby's heartbeat. So they had to put a little... Electrode on e the baby's head. Exactly. Yeah. So me wanting to have a very natural birth it was not how i pictured uh, how i would would give birth but on the moment i couldn't care less so it was the whole day like that and but then at one point the um, the epidural started to wear off a little bit but if it, it weared off on one side only so i don't remember if it was the the right side or the left side uh, but one side started to wake up uh, and they told me, oh, if you want, we can, you can put some more drops or we can even redo the epidural. And I said, no, but that's fine. Actually, I'm happy to feel again because, as I told you at the beginning, I wanted to feel. Uh, of course, it was very hard in the long run, and I'm happy to have had that break, but I'm also so grateful that uh, at the end I could feel things again. Um, so unluckily it was just one side so it was a bit uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I have I did kind of an A-B testing uh, having one side awake and one side uh, but at least uh, yes I could feel the contractions again and I so I think it's something that empowered me in the end so I decided to stay like that hoping also maybe that the other side would wake up also as well and then so again we we started again this work of going through the contraction so at that point where I started to feel the contraction again we again had changed uh, the team of uh, midwives and nurses. So now we were at the afternoon uh, uh, shift. And in this team, there was an amazing uh, uh, midwife. And she's the one that, has, that, has, that was with me until the end. And that delivered my, my baby. So I, sh I have a special uh, affection for that person. And she was amazing in a way that she was... Uh, saying mantras for me, like repeating things. She was so good at making me, uh, at helping me handle the pain through mantras and repeating things. Well, relax your forehead, relax your jaw, relax your shoulders, repeating. And she was so good at that. I loved her voice. I loved the way she took me through that. And this like, uh, so it helped me through every contractions. And and I remember at one point she just left the room, not so long, but I was telling Steve, where is she? Where is she? Because I really wanted her to be back, to be by my side, to really be close to me physically. And uh, and I, I was frustrated because I didn't know her name, because she didn't write her name on the board. Mm. So I was like, I was saying, where is she? Where is she? And there's a, a nurse came in and said, oh, she's here. I said, no, not her. Where, <laughs> where is she? The other one. Uh, but then she came back and... Um, I felt very vulnerable when she was not in the room. And it's interesting because when she was not here, I felt like I felt could feel the pain even stronger. And it was a bit the same at seven centimeter when I felt a bit lonely in the room and I felt the pain so much stronger. It was at the moment where nobody was with us in the room. Um, it so. is so cool because the support we have around us, if we have support that we trust and that we like, the support is pain relieving. Mm. And I could really feel that. You really that. describe it well. Yeah I, I, yeah, I really... And it's interesting because I didn't think it's what I would need. I, I thought I would need more space or just to be within myself, mm. with with my husband. I just needed us two. And 
And actually, I felt like I was so craving for the presence of the midwife just by my side, just <laughs> talking in my ear and repeating again and again what I should do. I think it's, uh, it was, yeah, and I was in awe uh, for this uh, midwife and the work she did with me. Yes, and, and then, then she- and then, then came back. So now at that point, I feel the pain, I feel the contraction, but then also I feel I'm tired of breathing through contractions I just want to push my baby out. Like now, you know, like when someone is poking you for uh, 24 hours or 36 hours, you feel like, no, now I want to, yeah. So I really felt like that with those, the, this kind of pain. And I felt, now I just want to push my baby out. And I think maybe, I don't think I felt different kind of contraction at that point. They checked me, they did an examination and I was open maybe 9.5 or something like that. And I think they... They'll help me open totally with a with massage. You can massage the the, the cervix. Yes, to so get massage the last the cervix. part of the cervix to you know glide over the baby's head. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. So then I was open ten centimeter, uh, and then I said, "I want to push now. I'm I, I'm fed up." And she said, "Okay, but the baby's not down yet, so we we have to check. We we can do something. Just be on your knees a little bit." Um, and so I was on my knees and changing, having one knee down and the other knee down. So I was mm. kind of shifting the balance mm. of my knees. She told and me that, that is a way actually to help the baby descend by changing position like that frequently. Yeah. Changes the measurements in the pelvis, helping the baby to rotate down. Very efficient. Yeah. So she told me to do that. And I realized how painful it was to, was it, to be in this position. And it reminded me the pain that I had at seven centimeter, whatever, like, this is hurting so much. Uh, and I realized why I had so much pain at seven centimeter, because I was on my knees exactly in the same way. Um, uh, but then she said, okay, do that a little bit. And then we're going to do some trial push. You're gonna, we're going to see how it works. So we did that. And then she told me, okay, then I lay down on my back and she told me, okay, try to push uh, and see what what happens? So I pushed, I think, during one contraction. And she said, wow, this is very powerful. And the baby's coming down. So I think what we're going to do, you're going to be on your knees 15 more minutes, 15 more minutes, something like that. And then we're going to try again. So that's what we did. I was on my knees. It was painful. Like, it was so painful. <laughs> it was so painful, unbearable. But you uh, understood the purpose? Yeah, I really understood. Yeah, yeah, I could feel and understand. So you could cope with it because yeah, of that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I was so much... And actually, I realized how, how much I loved pushing. It was like, <laughs> oh, it was such... I wanted that kind of... This is what I, I felt like I needed to do or wanted to do at that point. Uh, and I was happy to know that my push were efficient and the baby was coming down. And then, uh, yeah... And then I think uh, after those 15 minutes on my knees, she said, okay, we're going to start again. And, um, and I think I, I pushed during two or three contractions or something like that. Um, and uh, I remember she told me, Laura, now your baby is going to come. Uh, and uh, maybe you would like to be in another position than this. So I get the opportunity to be on my side in se- instead. So I was on my side Steve was holding one of my knee up and was holding him, hugging him very, very strongly. And then I pushed three times and or, yeah, I don't remember how many times, but it was, it felt quite short and intense. And I loved that moment. It, it was like, yeah, it was. Uh, and I remember 
you know, I had this playlist that my friend had done for me. And the song I've been, had been playing then for almost 24 hours in our ears. So we had stopped it at one point because it was too much. <laughs> but just as, as I was pushing out, there was this amazing song that was playing. And I still cherish it so much, this moment, this beautiful song. And I'm pushing Juliet out. I know there was at one point the head, part of the head out, and uh, Steve could see it. I don't think, I didn't see it myself with my eye. I couldn't really see, but Steve saw it. And and, uh, and then I pushed one last time, uh, one time, the head was out, out totally. And then, and then I pushed and then she was out. But I don't, yeah, it's weird because this moment is a bit confused now. Uh, um, I don't remember exactly, exactly, exactly. But um uh, I really just remember her being put on my stomach and she has one eye a bit closed because, <laughs> I don't know, she had something in her eye. So, uh, But I really remember her black eyes looking into my eyes and it was so amazing. And uh, yeah, just her looking at me and um, yeah, she was so beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's the same eyes that are looking at me today. <laughs> same big eyes. It's, um, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, and I think then they put her on my, on my stomach, on my belly. And then we looked at her slowly going up, rooting, trying to look for, uh, for, uh, for my breast and... And uh, and she found it. She, I was so I knew I, I knew about that. I've, I've read about it, and but it's amazing when you see it happening. And she was so so good at it. And uh, yes, and then she was quickly after she was breastfeeding, and um, I mean she was feeding. Yeah, that is so cool because we don't always know how competent a newborn baby is. They're so skilled. And if we allow them to be skin to skin, stomach to stomach with the new mother mm. directly after birth, they will make nine steps to find their own way to the breast and latch. It is so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. That's, they know the way. Yeah, they know, they the, know way. the way. That's why it was really part of, um, you know, when, when I had in mind of having a natural birth, it was nothing to do with any pride or accomplishment or achievement or something that is really a curiosity and a respect for what nature can do. And I felt like I really wanted to know. Of course, um, now I know part of it. Yeah, I, I, I'm very grateful that I get, get to experience um, uh, part of the pain or part of the, I don't know, it's weird to say that, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to see how my body reacts on its own and what happens when I let things go the the natural way. But of course, I'm so grateful as well that I had the support that I needed, that I and that Juliet needed to to be born as a healthy uh, baby and that we both been taken care of in a very good way uh, so she could arrive s- safely to the world. I, I oppose a little bit how we label birth mm. because I don't think it's unnatural to have an epidural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it is unmedicated or medicated. It's not natural or unnatural. But the, I, you know, I don't um, oppose you saying it because that's the way we label it. It's just yeah. how we view it, yeah. and I think it's um, it's a little bit sad because it's it's you know if you opt for the epidural, whatever reason that is, you have. In your case, you had a very long labor and you needed it mm. to cope. It is still, you've still had a natural birth. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Even when I looked a bit like Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. yeah. And, and it's also what I, I find that the title of this podcast being very right is that no matter which way it takes, no matter how it happens, no matter, um, it's always positive and the way, uh, what is, Positive that in the end you have a baby, so that's what matters the most anyway. Mm. Mm. Healthy mother, healthy baby. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, um, I got an email a couple of weeks ago where a woman that I listened to the podcast said just this, that uh, it amazed her that um, a positive experience could look so differently from woman to woman. Mm. And what she thought would be a positive experience for her was not exactly what was supposed to take experience for another woman. So yeah. it's it's so individual. And what you think you need to have to have a positive experience, like in your case, you had your birth plan and you left your birth plan and you yeah. still have a positive experience. Yes. And also when you write a birth plan, you have actually no idea what you're saying. You're, you don't know what you need for support are going to be. I thought I would need space and to be alone with uh, my husband in a room and actually... Uh, I just needed uh, closeness to and midwives and nurses to be around me the whole time. Um, and so you don't really know what your needs are going to be. I thought I, I would need or want to be in water the whole time, but my baby decided otherwise. So it, you, you don't really know before you, you're there. So it's good to have some, it's good to have so many, uh, to have an understanding of how we can go in different ways. Uh, and that's to be open to everything, and that's to to trust that it's going to be uh, good in the end, no matter the way there. Yeah, I agree. But I still think it's good to write a birth plan. It's a good way to summarize your thoughts and wishes around birth. Mm. But then also keep in mind that you need to have an open mind, yeah. and that things might change, mm. and you might experience things in a totally different way. So. Yeah. And also, you know, maybe to go back to the question with uh, what kind of person you are. I think we are in a, a kind of person uh, in the daily life, uh, in a routine or in a situation that we usually face. But it's hard to know how are we when we are the most vulnerable? How are we when we're experiencing something we never experienced before? How are we when we, uh, yeah, when, when we are giving birth? I and you you don't know, and I, I I discovered a side of myself that I didn't know before, and I saw myself being very resilient, very strong and powerful and explosive in the in the pushing, and I've, but I found myself also being very, uh, yeah, vulnerable and uh, wanting to be taken care of, and which is not what I am in the in the daily life, and so it's. Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, I keep this part of me now as a mother um, to be vulnerable, to, um, to yeah, I, I will always keep this part of me uh, um, more awake from mm. now on. 
Oh, good. It's if you can allow yourself to be vulnerable mm. during birth, it is very helpful. Yeah. Because we are both vulnerable and like you mentioned, when you go into the pushing phase, we're also so strong and focused. Yeah. So it's both. Yeah. And I think you need to be, to show yourself vulnerable, to welcome the support as well. Um, you just put yourself in the, hands, in the hands of other women or men that are, uh, whose job is to take care of women giving birth. And you have to, to let go to, and to let yourself be also uh, protected and uh, taken care of so that you can focus on what you do the best and is to follow your body and, and, mm. and bring the baby to life. Mm. So this is what we do, midwives and birth workers. We try to hold your space mm. so that you can cope. Yeah, <laughs> It's very challenging to give birth. I think it's the most challenging thing we can ever go through. It oh. challenges us in so many ways. It's physical, it's mental, it's spiritual. Yeah. It's just, I think, it demands yeah. a lot from us. Yeah, when you say like the, this, the and, and I know it can be very fast and quick for some women, uh, but uh, in my case, it was very long, and that was this, yeah, resilience that I needed to to show, and and uh, yeah, it was very very challenging to be in a, I would say, a repetitive pain for a long time. That's what I found the most. Oh, and that's why at the end I was like, enough of it. I want something else. I want to push. Um, yeah. Yeah, if it, you have a longer labor, that is what is challenging. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And going. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever time that is required for, for you and your baby to do the journey. Mm. And if it's fast, that is also demanding because yeah. then every contraction is a little bit stronger than the one you just had. And that yeah. is also demanding. So, mm. so no matter what kind of labor you get, it's, um, it's a challenge. Yeah. That with the right help, is doable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm so so. I remember how proud I was of myself the days after I made a baby. I mean, and of course, the nine months of carrying the baby was also a, a, a challenge in itself. But to to bring her to to the world that that night uh, or that day <laughs> was actually yeah. I think it's the hardest things I've ever done in my life and I was so proud I, I, I did it and um, and actually I'm so proud that I mean we did it as also together as uh, together with uh, the father that we were uh, I really felt we were a team the whole time uh, and I, I'm proud that we went through that together and uh, uh, yeah I'm proud of us you should mm. be. Yeah. yeah. You should be proud of yourself. It's an accomplishment. Mm. And that's why I think it's so important that we give women opportunity and, and becoming parents, uh, co-parents, dads or co-moms or whatever, mm. the opportunity to have a positive experience because it's such an important start of parenthood that you get this feeling of being connected, doing it together and um, yeah, being supported. I think that, you know, that lies the foundation to healthy societies. Happy start of parenthood. Yeah, that's true. That's because true. it's easier to parent then if you have a good start. And if you feel that you're a team during those crucial hours when you bring your baby into the world. Yeah, I feel that, that the way 
um, uh, the way the father has been involved during uh, before the birth, the way he's been involved during the birth is also reflected in how he is as the father today. And I think the whole things, uh, all that is connect, inter, interlinked, interconnected. So uh, I feel very grateful to have had a second, like a parent together with me, a father together with me in this, in this, and uh, um, and that continued to be very involved. So did you know that you had? Um, did you know that you had this resilience within you to cope through this experience? Um, Or superpower, I sometimes call it a superpower yeah. <laughs> too. I think it's, but I think resilience is, is a beautiful word too. Yeah, so I think it's something that I suspected that we, we all have as women inside of us. This, uh, I mean, you know, we've been giving birth for forever <laughs> since the beginning of times. And uh, so I know that it's something that we have in us to, to make it happen. And uh, I hadn't... I haven't been in my life through like through challenges that big so of course I couldn't know how I would be in the situation especially physical pain I I've never been ill or or injured in that way so it was mm, I suspected it I was looking forward to to meet that side of me but I had never seen it before so it was um yeah All that was, uh, yeah, a, a great discovery, um, and this gave me so much respect for, for for myself, but also for all the the women. You know, before like Mother's Day, uh, it was a day where you say, "Oh, Happy Mother's Day!" But now, when this day comes, I really want to tell all my girlfriends, like, "You are all amazing. This is you've done that," and um, and it's not only, of course, giving birth because now having been a mom for a year. It's also a lot of challenges every day. You also need some resilience uh, in the long, long run. A lot of resilience. Yeah. yeah. So all that, the pregnancy, the birth, and but also my first year as a mom really gave me so much respect for for um, for mothers, um, no matter how they became mothers. And that gave me so much more respect for my mom who raised us as a single mom and that even... Yeah, even adopted my little brother after that. So I feel like so much respect for all moms, all parents. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it gives me that. Uh, if there would be one advice or wisdom you'd like to pass forward to the women listening, what would that be? Yeah, so I'd say my advice would be dare to be vulnerable because when you are vulnerable. First, when you accept to be vulnerable, then you open the door and the way to get the support you need. And you never know what the support uh, is, what you would need. So just, um, just yeah, dive into your vulnerabilities and, uh, and uh, people will be there to, to, hold, to hold you. Uh, maybe your partner or uh, the midwives and the nurses at the maternity ward. Uh, you can you can give birth on your own, but you need people around you to do that. So, was there anything about how you behaved that surprised you? What surprised me is how emotional I was when uh, the first uh, night, when the night shift f- 
finish their 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 shift and we're about to go. So it was 7 a.m. I was seven centimeters dilated, waiting for my epidural, and they came in and said, "Okay, we have to go now." And I was uh, so 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 deeply sad, and I was crying. I was like, "No, I don't want you to go. Please stay." And yeah, I was actually surprised to 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 be that um, uh, yeah that emotional about them and to have become so attached to those people in the, in those hours. So that surprised me. Uh, I think another thing that surprised me is how much I enjoy the pushing uh, phase uh, and how. I felt strong, powerful, and I felt like, no, I want... And also that where I felt like I took control at that moment. I felt, okay, now I don't want those... I don't want to breathe through contractions again uh, anymore. Now I want to push. And I decide it's a good time for me. My baby, um, I feel it. And so this, I was a bit surprised that I decided actually... It didn't feel obvious because she said, no, the baby is not really down. But then within two try, uh, test uh, push, the baby was getting down. So I, I think I knew that I could make it. It was the right time for me and for the baby. So uh, I, I like that I, I was more decided and assertive at that time. I think that is so cool. I always say that, trust a woman. Mm. And if we have any midwives listening to this podcast, I think we do. Trust a woman. Yeah. Always trust a woman. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that was why you didn't want to go home either, because you felt that it was starting to become more intense. And maybe you dilated two, three centimeters because of the morphine you got so that you could relax. But it could also be where you were in the process. Okay, yes. Because that is also my experience, that like when women do not feel fine with being sent home again, it is because it is changing into the more active phase. And you just feel it in your system that, no, no, I oh, going home, oh, unbearable yeah okay even though you know even though you're only one centimeter dilated so always trust the woman how would you describe steve's role during the process um it was i think a little bit different than i imagined uh i mean for sure what i feel is that we've been a team the entire uh, entire process uh at home but also at the maternity ward we were together i felt him uh, with me, and I always say and think that we went through this uh, these days together. Um, but I had in mind that it'd be more of a, you know, uh, communion, or you know, a bit like massages and something very um, kind of, yeah, I won't say sensual in any way, but more, you know, like soft support. But I would say it was actually very. A powerful. I feel I was holding on to him very strongly all the time. I was uh, sitting at one point on a on a big ball, Pilates uh, ball, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, and mm-hmm. and I was really pulling him back and forth and uh, holding on to him. And then in the, during the last pushing phase, he was holding my leg and I was hugging him very strong. And he told I mean, he had a lot of train. Uh, um, he had a lot of uh, muscle ache the day after. I mean, I felt like I went under a truck, but he was, he had muscle ache everywhere because he had to crouch, he had to hold me, he had to pull me. He had, and I think it was very, very important um, that he was also physically doing the effort together mm. with me. And he told me actually that that was important because 
he felt like if he didn't have that to do, he would have been a bit powerless. And if it made him very empowered, actually, to 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 be this counterbalance in yeah, you all could my moves. provide moods. the support that you needed. So yeah. it sounds like a very hands-on physical support yes. was what you needed from him. Yeah, yeah more yeah. than the kisses yeah. and hugs and just gentle massage. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And um, yeah, so I'm very happy that he was uh, in good shape and could uh, <laughs> could hold hold me the, during the, those many hours. Yeah. That can I, sometimes be so powerful, like you have a tug of war going on. Yes, exactly. With your yeah. partner yeah. or the support person. Like, ah! It is really like that. Yeah. It felt like that. But it was also very hard for him. I know that he didn't mention that to me uh, then, but... When we get the, when I get the epidural, uh, he told me that he, uh, when I started to fall a bit asleep, he went to the bathroom and cried a bit because all the tension from the night <laughs> came up and then he, he cried and then came back and uh, was strong again for me. And he's been, he was great. Good. So he allowed himself to be vulnerable too. Also, yes. I love that. So, Laura, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story with me today. I feel truly honored. And it's so special that it is Juliet's birthday, too. Yes, thank you. It's, I'm so, so happy I get the opportunity to be here. And I um, also see this as a little gift for Juliet in the future. I'm, I mean, it's such a wonderful memory for me, uh, this experience, that I'm scared that it's going to fade. I want to keep everything very alive and vivid in my mind and I think it's the best way to do so uh, so thank you thank you and your story has now got an eternal life and will be helpful to other women preparing for labor and birth so thank you thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast. And thank you, dearest Laura, for an absolutely wonderful conversation about being a woman and about giving birth. And a big and warm shout out filled with love and gratitude towards my patrons. Your support means the world to me. If you're not a patron yet, support me in this quest of mine to let positive stories about birth come to life. Other ways to support me on the podcast is to rate us on whatever pod platform you're using and to spread the word about it by sharing it with friends, family and colleagues. Thank you and may the force be with you.